you hear that? Welcome, everyone, to a Haunting Live podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and following us on social media each and every week right here on our Facebook page, as well as Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And we're also on the podcast apps if you miss a live show here on Facebook. You can listen at any time. Uh, with that, guys, we have a special guest here today. Very interesting lady. Uh, looking forward to speaking with her today. Her name is Julie, and she's a pet stereo, a pet communicator. So we're going to talk about pets today, what they see, what they talk about, and also what they deal with in the paranormal side of things as a connection to the show here today. So uh, with that, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And um, yeah, let's get right to the guest today and welcome in Julie. Hi. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time out and joining us here on Haunting Light Podcast today uh, for talking about pets today. You're welcome. No, it might be a different kind of topic for you to cover, but there is a connection to pets in the paranormal field. It's said that they can see spirits and communicate with the other side, see things that we can't. So I thought this would be an awesome opportunity for you to tell us about what you do and how pets are involved in that. Sounds good. Uh, let's um, start at the uh, beginning and um, just go from there and tell us how you got into what you do. Great. Um, thank you. Um, so I, um, as a child, I, I had an incident. Um, the only, you know, as far back as I can remember was uh, probably three years old. Um, my mom took my sister and, and I to um, visit her parents in the Azores. And um uh, the, my my grandfather was a farmer and he had uh, he had some pigs and there was one pig in particular that kept uh, talking to me and so I remember I would hang around the pen all the time um, talking to this pig and I had gotten a, a little plastic doll on the trip over from Canada so um, I was showing the pig my doll and I was really excited and he asked me if he could have it and so I actually like reached over and um, and he took it in his mouth and then he ate it, which I wasn't expecting. So I was um, kind of upset about that. But, you know, um, anyhow, I um, I didn't realize at the time the pig was um, being slaughtered, you know, the next day or two for the Christmas feast kind of thing. So it was quite uh, that was quite difficult for me. Um, so that really affected me. And I kind of um, sort of you know, sort of went into a more of a contracted space um, with animals after that. Um, I grew up in a family where uh, talking about spirits was very, it was normal. Uh, my parents, I don't know if it's the culture, it's it's uh, superstitious, it was at that time anyways, or um, religious background, I don't know, but we had a lot of incidents, there were a lot of stories. So to me, it was quite normal to hear that kind of thing uh, compared to my friends who, you know, their families didn't talk about that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it didn't surprise me at all, um, you know, to hear that kind of thing. And when I was about six or seven, um, I had um, what to me was quite real. Um, there was a, um, it was about three o'clock in the morning and I, I woke up because I felt a presence in the room and it was, um, what looked to me like a, a monk from maybe the medieval times. Um, very peaceful looking though, coming towards my bed. And um, all he did was he, he actually made the sign of the cross on my heart center. And um, of course I was, you know, I was a child, so I, I was terrified and I, um, 
I guess I screamed and um, my parents came in and turned the light on. Everyone told me that it, I had imagined it, that it was a dream. And so that was quite frustrating, but um, I just sort of shoved it down and didn't um, explore that at all. And I, I think at that point too, I, I shut down completely and um, I didn't see anything or hear anything again for years. Um, and then it was, um, I guess around the age of 16, I started questioning um, the religion I was brought up in. Um, and I started um, reading about Eastern philosophy and um, I started a yoga class. I found a, a Buddhist monk who was willing to teach me how to meditate. So I started going to the temple <laughs> to meditate and learn that. Um, and then fast forward a few years, I had moved to Vancouver at that time. And I was in a yoga class at a community center. And I met uh, one of my dear friends, uh, Christina. And um, she, uh, you know, we started a journey together. She was exploring Ayurveda at that time for her own health and, um, so I was fascinated by it and I started living that lifestyle as well. Um, and that meant reconnecting with nature, which I hadn't been doing for years. So I started eating breakfast with the ducks in Stanley Park and uh, I just went from there. So that was sort of my reintroduction, I think, to back to animals and nature. Um, and then uh, I ended up going to Christina's place on Vancouver Island, um, I guess around 2007, she uh, had, um, uh, through her own journey had um, come up with this beautiful technique for healing called sacred movement. And um, I went to her place and I spent about a week or two there on a little retreat and she was just wonderful and um, took care of me basically. So I was doing sacred movement sessions um, every day. And there was one in particular where some painful childhood memories were resurfacing that I had, you know, blocked out and um, her dog uh, Jabulani um, was such a healer dog and stayed with me the whole time and actually had his paw, her paw, she was a, a female at that time. Uh, she had her paw on me um, while I was releasing and crying and going through this technique. Um, and um, so that, that made me stop and go, wow, like, you know, she's actually connecting with me. She's talking to me like this is incredible so it, again it was coming back um, however it was it would be years before I would actually um, go into animal communication in this way um, I kept um, you know uh, uh, that need to work with animals in some way to have them as part of my daily life um, it was there uh, you know but I just I tried so many different things I um, studied a vet assistant program I studied homeopathy uh, with the intention to specialize in animals um, I volunteered at animal hospitals, I, wildlife sanctuaries. I, I did all these different things, um, but none of it felt quite right. Like hundred percent, like, yeah, now I'm going to put my energy into this um, until my cat, um, my cat, Sam, um, he, uh, he was acting strangely. This was around 2014. He was acting strangely. Um, and, uh, and then my other cat, Maggie, um, was starting to have a lot of behavioral issues. And so I remembered that years ago, I had consulted an animal communicator for my cat, Moksha and Pablo. Um, and I thought, okay, I, I think I need to learn how to do this myself. Like I need to go back into that. I need to open that up because it's in there, but I need to open it up. So I looked for courses and um, I'm in Ottawa. And so the only thing coming up was in July and I had to work that month. There was no, no way I could go during the week for a course. I did another search and uh, Sheila Tricarton came up. She was in Cookstown. 
And it was a weekend course. And I, I said, oh, my God, that's perfect. And then um, the other omen was that uh, my partner comes from Cookstown. And he's, I said, did you know this woman was doing this in Cookstown? He said, no, I had no idea. So I took that as a sign and I signed up and I did her training and haven't looked back since. And that was the perfect fit for me. So that's how I got into it. Uh, that's a weird connection because we had uh, Sheila recently on our show here as well, which is kind of interesting. And yeah. um, she's wonderful to talk to. She has a lot of interesting stories as well. She did her journey too. So um, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. What was it for you like when you actually started hearing the animals actually talk to you? Like, what was that experience like and how did they sound? Well, um, when I was a child, it, it you know, I didn't question it. Um, it was it was like talking, like I was standing there talking to a friend, but um, now as an adult, and when I went and did the training and had to go through case studies and bring that out again, um, it there was a lot of the mind getting in the way and it's me, is this my voice? Is that, is it really happening? And um, it's, so it's been such a, an incredible um, experience learning about self-trust um, and acknowledging that we all have, we all have this, myself included, we have this intuition, we have this spirit inside, and that's what's working at, in a communication. Um, so it's been a lot of that. Um, and now I don't question, um, I get the most bizarre things and I note them and um, most of the time they make sense after. So it's just, you just get the validation until your guides are like, did you get, did you get enough now? Are you okay with this now? And, and you just start to trust, yeah. Is this sort of like um, guides and meditation when you sort of communicate with your guides, you know, there's a difference between it being a voice in your head or somebody actually communicating with you in your head. Um, is it sort of that way when you know your guides talking to you? Yeah, I, um, I have this thing where I get um, uh, my solar plexus uh, or sometimes my right thumb um, will move. And I know that that that's not that's not me. Um, that's that's when I know um, that I'm getting that it's it's that channel that it's coming through that channel that it's it's not from my mind. The other thing is um, in a lot of readings, uh, and I don't know if I'll be able to think of an example, but um, I I actually like I, I take notes if I'm not um, you know if the person's not on the phone or on Zoom with me. And um, the language that um, the animals use, like sometimes the words, vocabulary, these, they're not words I would ever use. Um, some of them are really old fashioned words. Um, and I just, I don't speak that way. Some of them are words that I, I you know, I know what they mean. Um, sometimes some come up, I don't know what they mean and then I have to look it up. But um, they're words that I just would not normally use. And so then I know, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, this is, I have a good connection with this animal, yeah. A lot of people too might wonder, what do they sound like? Do they have their own personalities? Do they have like a tone to them or anything? Definitely. It's um, coming up right away is my own cat, Wolfie. He, um, he's kind of a badass cat. He's, he's this fluff ball, but he um, his just his attitude is he's kind of a tough masculine kind of cat. And um, when, uh, yeah, in readings, he, uh, he swears a lot. <laughs> He's just very direct and to the point. Um, and again, not like how I would speak. Um, 
And what also comes to mind is one um, reading I did with a pig. Um, she is in the U.S. on a, a woman's farm. It's a, like a, not a sanctuary, just it's her own property. And she just takes care of it. She doesn't, uh, she's not farming. Um, but this pig, she's just so beautiful. And the most, I remember after I, I, I hung up the phone, all I could think of was like, that was the most engaging conversation I've probably had in years. And it was... I felt like I had been talking to a human um, and very feminine, very, very feminine. She was like, um, she showed me that she was a little girl at one point. Um, she showed me this beautiful um, pink chiffon dress and she, it looked like like down in the South or something um, and, and just all these details and, and classical music playing. And it was just, it was incredible. And that her personality was so dainty and feminine. I, I was just blown away, yeah. Now, you were mentioning too earlier, as we were talking prior to coming on air today, that they can reincarnate. So once that spirit passes, does that come back and talk? Do they talk about their past experiences with you? Yeah, so I usually wait um, after, if a client contacts me, I usually wait about a week at least um, to let them transition. And then I... Um, yeah, I asked them, uh, you know, permission, and um, I've never had a no. So um, they they all they use different ways to describe their state of being at that time. But it's always uh, the the energy and the feeling of it is just beautiful. It's just you can't even really give words to it. But it's just such a beautiful, peaceful feeling. Um, and yeah, they they all remember their lives, um, you know, as Sparky or whatever. Um, and um, and they they always have messages for their people. Um, and a lot of them um, are are there. Some of them say they they're not reincarnating. They want to just be there to be like guides. Others um, are coming back. Like this leads into my another story about uh, Christina, my friend, and her uh, Jabulani, which is significant. She's actually writing a book about this now. Jabulani. Um, passed away this was the the healer dog she passed away uh, I guess it was 2017 um, and in 2018 um, so after she passed away I did a reading after I did a reading before and I did a reading after and she um, Christina had asked me to please tell her that they loved her and um, you know could she come to come to her in her dreams so she could say a proper goodbye and she said no need I'm coming right back and, um, and so I, I got details about it. I said, well, what's going on? And she told me like, uh, I'm coming back. She gave me um, a month, like a, I think it was February to March, 2018 timeframe. Um, she said, uh, what kind of, she said, what kind of animal she was coming back as so it was gonna be a dog, same type of breed, Labradoodle. She gave me the color. Um, and then she, I said, well, how will she know it's you? And she said, uh, how will she know how, how to find you? That's typically what I have to ask them. And then she said, Oh, don't worry, it's gonna fall in her lap. And sure enough, um, just before that, a few months before that, um, you know, she overheard someone in line somewhere talking about this woman, a breeder who had Labradoodle puppies coming. And, um, and it just went from there. And um, in the reading, uh, Jabalani said she wanted her name again and that she was coming back as a male this time to experience that type of um, life. Uh, and she said she would be black. And uh, as it turned out, I believe um, she, he, he now is, was the only black uh, puppy of that litter that my friend was drawn to. Um, she went to visit him after he was born and, um, you know, just to meet him. And she had one of the former Jabalani's old toys in her pocket. She brought it out and he immediately 
grabbed hold of it and took it and wouldn't let it go, um, there was this recognition. And it still brings shivers to me. Like it was, and it's, that's just part of the story. I mean, she has, she's writing a whole book about the, the, um, what we would call coincidences. So yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is interesting how those connections work. I think um, all those things are guides. And if your pet comes back as a guide for you, those all have connections in that way. Um, let's switch topics a little bit and talk about sort of what you do for your clients day to day. So when a client comes to you for the pet communication service, uh, what's the most common types of questions and what do you sort of deal with them mostly for day to day? Um, so most of the time it's for um, cats, dogs, and horses. Um, and of the three, probably the most common, it's probably equal cats and dogs. Uh, um, and then once in a while, like I said, I've you know, communicated with a pig and a uh, rabbit, but most of the time it's those three. Um, so with horses, it, it seems to always be the same. Um, there's training issues involved or um, health issues, but mostly it's training. With dogs, it's... Um, health issues or behavioral. So they're barking a lot or, um, you know, they're really, they're either aggressive with other dogs or they're petrified. Um, that seems to be a common, a common theme I see. With cats, um, lots of health issues um, and then sometimes uh, behavioral. So litter box issues or um, not, you know, fighting. If, if it's a multi-pet household, there's fighting going on, that kind of dynamic. So those seem to be the major, um, the major ones. I have these exceptions though, like um, one of my clients, um, her cat, uh, every time we do a reading, it's, it's like, he's, it's like, he's taking her from one level of her spiritual development to the next. Like, he's like, okay, good. You passed that one. Let's go to the next. And the topics that come up are just crazy. Um, and it's all, you know, she has to go into homework and he, he's fascinating. The last time was, um, he kept meowing and meowing in the basement where the litter boxes were and uh, almost acting like he didn't want to use them. And so she called me to do a reading. And so um, he said, yeah, there's something here that I see and um, you know, I'm not comfortable uh, and I want her to, to know about it. And so he showed me um, what looked like a, a spirit and I got as much information as I could. And, um, and then I said, well, what do you want her to do about it? What does she need to do? Can she just smudge or is this gonna be a little more um, intense? And um, he said, yeah, we need some, some good clearing here, but she needs, to, um, she needs to be involved. And so I immediately thought of um, a friend of mine who does crystal shamanic healing and he does clearing of places and people. And um, so I just gave her his name and um, I was telling her a little bit about him. And I didn't know this, but she said, well, you'll never guess. She said, for the past month, I keep thinking about um, shamanic studies and should I go into that? Um, sorry, there's, there's Wolfie the Pass. <laughs> um, and she said, uh, so I'm laughing now because he's, he's obviously helping me, giving me that little nudge to, you know, start looking at this. So that, that's a lot of the kind of thing that comes up, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And you had your little friend just pass by you there. So that's cool. <laughs> he wants to be attention as well. Um, what's his name? That's Wolfie. Wolfie? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No worries. <laughs> um, so what's other kind of topics do people kind of bring up to you when they want a reading from a pet? Um, 
a lot of times they say it's behavioral issues and stuff like that, obviously. Do you also get the other side of the coin where people are like, uh, well, my pet has passed on and I want to know how they're doing on the other side kind of thing? Do you get that as well? Yes, definitely. Um, so I get that um, uh, not as much as the other ones, but uh, it definitely, yeah. And, and I've had a few clients where the, the pet has passed since we've started, um, you know, doing readings together. And, uh, and then it's just sort of, um, you know, morphed into that. Um, yeah, so most people, I think um, we all want closure. And if, if the pet um, passes quickly or suddenly, then definitely you want that closure. Um, a lot of people feel guilt because um, they've had the pet euthanized or they just feel guilt that maybe they didn't do everything they could have. And so they want, they want to know, um, you know, what their pet thinks about all that, um, if they can be, if they can forgive them. Um, and some just want to know what's it like, <laughs> like what's it like in this other state of being, you know, are you still here with me? Are you coming back? So that's a big question. Are you coming back? Um, so those are the types of questions that I'll, I'll ask and explore um, if, if the animal is willing to share that. Um, and not on the topic of pets of transition, but another big question that I forgot to mention before in other readings, um, if the pet um, was from a, a rescue, was a rescue pet or, um, you know, they suspect had a, a bad history, uh, painful history, uh, that's another question a lot of people ask is, um, can I know what, what was his life life before, um, what happened to him? And, uh, and then, you know, we try to see how much is the, the animal willing to share about that. Most of the time, I'll get details, but most of the time, um, you know, they sort of just want to move on from that and not dwell on it. So, yeah. Actually, that's a very good point that you just bring up because a lot of people do adopt pets from different locations and they want to know sort of the background of what happened before in their previous life or the past life. Um, yeah. So do you do any type of work with like um, adoption centers or anything where people actually go to pick up their pet and you can sort of tell them sort of what the history was or... I haven't formally... I did approach them early on um, and I... Um, their response was at that time, so this was a few years ago, the response was that um, some of the pets weren't there long enough for me to be able to do readings in the sense of seeing progression. This was more for behavioral stuff. So, um, so that, that hasn't developed yet, but that's actually, it's funny you bring that up because that's one of my, on my to-do list to sort of start to um, focus on that as well to include that, yeah. I did actually volunteer at a, the pet adoption center at one of the pet smarts. So I used to do my readings there, <laughs> just sort of on the side. Yeah. No, I just had that connection thought there for a sec that, you know, well, people do probably wonder what's their past life at the pet they're picking up or they're getting a new pet for their family is. And they might want to know what the past history was for that, that pet. So, yeah, no, that's uh, true. That's so true. And, and that's, like I said, that's a, a major question that I get asked mm -hmm. in readings, especially when they newly adopted or if they start to see issues coming mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also when they do cross over. So um, do you get a lot of communication from pets or animals that have crossed in the spirit world? Do you know what they're doing after they pass away? So um, some of them, um, they're, they're said they're just being, um, they're just in a state of, of being and, and the feeling they share with me is just of kind of like as if they've merged into the greater ether, um, for lack of a better word. Um, some of them uh, have, have even explained to me that they're in training um, 
they're in training with other groups um, to to then one was it was just uh, last month I think it was um, this dog was in training um, to then uh, help guide people. He was going to come back, but he was helping from from the other side at an energetic level, helping with the global situation at this time with this energy. That's come up a lot in in readings with animals in the past year, obviously, as you can imagine. Um, so they're really hard at work, I think, um, you know, really trying to just surround us with that love and that trust and that connection and that oneness. So other times they're, um, they're, act, they're, they're acting as guides for their people, for, their, for that family. Um, and other times they're reincarnating. Um, so they're preparing, they're choosing. Um, the, what I keep getting when I ask that question is um, they have the choice of, you know, which is how I understand it is for us as well. So like Jabalani, perfect example, um, originally said a tan sable puppy and I think female again. And then it was male black. And um, so then I asked why, well, because I, just, I think I'd like to experience that. Um, and another uh, client, her, her dog said he was, he'd like to come back as a horse um, in a couple of years um, because he said, I'd like to experience what it's like to be majestic, to be, you know, so big and free and, you know, that feeling of exhilaration when I'm running. Um, so yeah, so they're all doing different things. Um, and, uh, and it just depends on what, what, what they're focused on at that time. Yeah. So when pets are sort of still with us, um, what do they mostly talk about? Like when you do talk to them, um, what do they talk about? Like, what is their intention? A lot of people probably wonder what they talk about day to day, either to us when they're meowing or barking or, yeah. um, what do they talk to each other about? Yeah. So, um, they, uh, I get a lot of, um, you know, like I said, kind of bizarre things like, um, you know, budgetary advice sometimes. <laughs> like, um, I had that come up with one, uh, client, his, uh, his dog was giving him advice. Um, he kept talking about the bank and I was like, okay, <laughs> what do you want to say about the bank? Like, what does this mean? Um, and he, he gave him some advice and, um, uh, my client was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. That's, <laughs> I've been worrying about that. Um, that's just one couple example that comes to mind. Um, another thing I find is the meowing, for example, or the barking. Um, I, I, when there, when there's pets together in a home, um, a lot of times, and I know this from my own home situation, um, with my cats, I have a, a female and two male cats. And, um, when they start going at it and there's conflict to me, it's like a little meditation bell going off for me to stop. And I have to think about, okay, how are my partner and I interacting right now or relating to each other these days? What's our communication like? Um, am I present with him? Um, am I, you know, is there something I need to get off my chest? Is there something I need to communicate? And I find that that comes up in readings for other people as well. Um, I have to be so diplomatic when I speak though for other people, but um, like recently there was a reading where the person was talking about it. So it was a dog um, and she kept, um, she was just acting so um, skittish and nervous and it just wasn't normal behavior for her. And um, I asked the woman I, and I, I asked, well, I asked the dog first. And she, um, she was talking about the woman's boyfriend. And um, I, I said, well, um, you know, is this, um, 
how are things going? Is there a lot? Of, do you feel harmony in the home? That kind of thing. And um, sure enough, it, you know, and I don't pry for details, but she shared, oh yeah, it's been really tough. We're going through a tough period right now. It's very tense. And uh, so then that made sense to her. And, uh, and you know, you, you hope that with that information that then things can, can heal and, and open up again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, pens are more open and more sensitive to situations than we think they are. Because, you know, they're always there with us. They're there every day. They're paying attention. They know what's going on. But um, do you think people should pay more attention to what their pets are doing? Like how they're acting? Sometimes people don't actually, how I say, like pay attention to their actions or what they're trying to tell us. Um, is there a way for people to pay more attention to that? Yeah, I think... Um... Well, we just have to, like, it, it, it's, it's simple, but it's so difficult at the same time. It's all about being present. Um, like, you're not going to catch it if you're not present. And I catch, I catch myself doing this too. You know, you're busy, you're doing things. Um, luckily, I have Maggie, my cat, she'll stare at me until I look at her. So I can feel like these eyes on me. And she'll sit there as long as she has to. Um, or she'll vocalize. But um, I think, yeah, I think they give us cues like, um, you know, the, the barking, the vocalizations, I think, are, are one major clue to stop and kind of look around and think. Um, I've just in, in, you know, the years of doing this, it's like if I had to give it a number eight or nine out of 10 cases, um, the behavioral stuff or whatever's going on with the pets, um, it's they're trying to show us us. Um, they're, they're really like mirrors. And so it's really, um, it's hard though. It's hard to look at our own stuff, but I, I almost say to be safe, I would look at their behavior, for example, or a health issue. That's what they often give us warnings through, through their bodies um, to look at that and just, and then think, okay. And just take a few moments in this quiet place and just think, okay, yeah. Am I, Oh, am I feeling really tense today? You know, just simple things. Um, I, I really do feel like they are constantly showing us ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do too. I feel like we've, we've had pets in the past. Um, I was telling you before we came on air today that we lost our cat a little while ago and just due to old age and um, we do miss them a lot. So um, when they do cross over, do they have messages that they try to send to us from the other side? Like I'm assuming people still wonder that as well. Like when they lose a pet, um, are they trying to attract their attention from the other side? Like in the paranormal field, we always say pets can sense spirits a lot easier than we can because they stare at the corner of the room or whatever. Um, do you feel that they're doing that? Do you, do you feel that they're either seeing other pets or they're seeing spirits and they're trying to communicate to tell us things? Or Yeah, that's a great question. That And that could, that's come up in quite a few readings um, where one of the pet ha pets has transitioned and uh, there are still pets remaining. Um, that happened here, you know, last year when one of our cats passed away. Um, yeah, so one of the the signs is the um, the cats that are still around are, uh, you know, they they see them. They're and, and most of the time when I ask, they're they're interacting. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot in the readings is they're coming to their person in a dream. So they're coming in the dream state until like in, in such an intense way, then the person feels, um, uh, you know. Um, motivated is not the right word, sort of um, uh, pushed almost, I guess, to, um, you know, to look into that somehow. So, and if, you know, if they're working with me, then that sort of pushes them to, to have a reading done. Um, and then they have messages for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's with the other pets that are in the house. And um, 
but that's also another way they get their person to to uh, do a reading and to get the information. And then um, it's interesting that the person at my clients after the reading, they, they'll they say, oh my God, like the, the other cats or the dogs are like, everyone's acting calm again, or everyone's back to normal again. So um, yeah, they'll do whatever, just like um, human spirits, they'll do whatever they have to do to get our attention until, you know, we finally stop and listen or look at what they're trying to tell us to help us with, yeah. Do you have an example of that by chance from any of your past readings that you've done for your clients where they say, well, my pet sees something and I don't see this, or do you have any examples or stories of that? Yeah. Um, so I had, um, yeah, I had one client, um, her, this was a cat again, not that dogs don't see things too, but it seems to be more prevalent with cats for some reason. Um, her cat um, was, sort of looking around only this one room, I, th I think it was their bedroom and um, going into the bed and just sort of kind of acting like a maniac <laughs> under the bed. And, um, and then he would run into the closet and sort of look sort of afraid. And, um, and he'd just be looking around a lot. And she, uh, and then the other cat was sort of like watching, watching him not reacting the same way, but um, sort of getting agitated he was more of a laid back cat. So um, she's quite sensitive to spirits as well. Um, so she, you know, she tried to look into it herself, but she's, she couldn't, um, she couldn't get anything. She just felt like she, she knew something was off, but she couldn't really get any deeper than that. So we did a reading and um, yeah, he, her cat um, said that um, there was a, uh, the spirit of a man in the house, like her house is out in the country um, just West of Ottawa. Um, they had been living there for a couple of years and she said there was, it was a male spirit. Um, you know, she, sh he showed me the, the clothing. It was from, you know, back in, I think it may be like 1800s or early 1900s and um, not, not a bad spirit or anything, but just that that must've been his land or something. And he was sort of walking around at night and, you know, checking in on them in their beds and everything. And the cat was watching this and, um, there was another thing going on under the bed, which was why he was sort of going crazy under the bed. That was a different thing altogether. She later explained to me that she experienced that in her previous home and that in her family. So again, another family, very sensitive to that kind of stuff. So it just pushed her to, she said, okay, we need to do a really good clearing. Um, I've been putting this off and, um, uh, yeah. And so, so that sort of, um, you know, she, she was able to relate to that. Not everybody can, but she was able to, so that was easier to work with. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great that uh, families can connect that way and yeah. some are open to it and some are not just the way they are. So yeah. do you find that sometimes that people are just so closed off that it's sort of the other end of things that they don't want to accept that, you know, their animal or their pet is trying to tell them things? Yeah. Um, I've had some clients that they come to me. Um, I, I guess there's a part of them that's open because they've contacted me. Um, but um, they aren't necessarily, um, you know, at a place where they, they believe that, um, like, for example, what I was just talking about, where, you know, your pet might be trying to show you something that you need to, you know, work on in yourself. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of times with, with some people, it's, they they want a behavior changed um and so they're just not looking at it from that perspective so that that's a little more difficult to work with um and i i know and it's, it's it can be heartbreaking the pet sort of feels frustrated with that um 
there was one dog in particular, he, um, he just wouldn't stop barking. Um, he was in, he was kept in the living room uh, when she went out, but um, he would bark and bark and bark anytime anybody walked by. Um, but she said, even when there's nobody walking by, he's barking. So I asked him and he said he was petrified. There was, um, he could see uh, uh, the face of a male coming up to the window. And, um, and I, so I told her that and she said, there's nobody there. So she couldn't see it. So that was hard, for, you know, that was obviously hard for her to, to relate to. Um, and so she said, well, tell him he has to stop. So that was really difficult because he was like, yeah, but it's scaring me. I don't know who that is. Um, so I had to, you know, just sort of reassure him. Um, but that was, that's difficult to work with if the person doesn't believe in that or, or just isn't open to it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to sort of bring a solution to that if somebody's not open to it. But on the same side, um, I guess you'll get the same thing too with the pets not open to change either. Like that That's example right. that you just gave, like how do you solve an issue where the pet's seeing something that the human can't and it's a spirit that's bothering the pet when the human can't see yeah. that spirit. So maybe that's the time when you need the, our side of things, have an investigator come in and say, do a cleansing yeah. or something to help thing, the whole situation. That's right. That's right. And um, yeah, that's, and that's a great idea. I think also what I've done, like in that particular case, what I did then was I thought, well, I can't help it that way um, because she's not acknowledging that there might be a spirit there. So I drew on my knowledge and experience with um, Bach flower essence remedies um, I said, oh, well, this is a really good remedy that's calming and it will work on your dog's nervous system. And knowing that it's also going to help the dog with fear, the fear that's so even though that spirit situation may not have been resolved, um, the, the way to cope with it, you know, could be helped from that perspective. And um, hopefully she, she did get the remedy for her dog and she because from her perspective, it would be, oh, this is something I can give him and maybe that's going to make him calm down. So. Hopefully that was a win-win. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Uh, speaking of calming energies, you mentioned also that you do another technique um, on animals to help them calm their energy or anxiety and stuff like that, stress. Do you want to sort of talk about that for a second? Yeah, so um, I'm certified in, in pet Reiki and um, uh, animal massage, but I also um, have started, um, it's, it's sort of a work in progress. It's taking me a while to do more training. I've done a little bit of training in Tellington Touch, which is, um, it's an amazing um, healing technique for, uh, it was developed for, um, I believe, horses originally. Um, and then it works really well with dogs and cats and rabbits. And um, now there, it's being used on all animals and on people as well. So uh, just to give you a very brief um, overview of it, it's, um, there's a, a set of uh, movements. Uh, the basic one is with uh, just the pad of your finger. And it's just a very light touch, like the amount of pressure you'd put on your eye, basically on your eyelid. Um, and it's, you're making a, what looks like, and it ends up looking like a spiral shape. So it's, uh, if you think of a, of a clock, you go from six all the way around to six and then to nine. So you're making one and a quarter um, passes. And um, you're basically you're moving up. So uh, just to take a, a very basic example, um, like my cat Maggie has a lot of anxiety. So um, I do this on her every morning. Uh, she comes and lies on my chest in the mornings, uh, just before I get up. So uh, she's purring, um, our hearts are connecting. 
And then I, I go along her spine. So I just go along one side and then I sweep up and I go along the other side and I'll do that maybe three or four times. And she just melts right into, um, into my chest. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, I trust that's helping. Um, but there are other strokes as well. I believe, yeah, like I said, there's about seven, I think. Um, they use it for behavioral issues as well with um, like horses and, and dogs. Um, you can use it for training as well. It's used a lot in uh, dog and horse training as well. For people, it's, uh, it's incredible. Like um, it's for pain relief, it's for uh, calming, um, headaches, all kinds of things. Like it doesn't replace um, other therapies. It can be used in, in combination with. And the beautiful thing is um, the premise is that these movements are um, what you're doing is you're connecting. So if you have pain or, you know, there's a blockage, um, there's no energy flow going there. And so the idea is you're sending light to the cell. So it, it goes, it goes right down to the cellular level. You're sending light to the cell so that they can light up again and then everything connects again. So that's, that's basically what it's based on. No, it sounds interesting. I think that means that you can actually use that in connection with things like Reiki and other things that you use for body healing, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, sounds really interesting. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, Julie. It's uh, been amazing to talk to you about what you do and um, your experience that you had in the uh, pet communication field and how that connects to our field, which is the paranormal field. So I think a lot of people will find this interesting. Um, just before we let you go, is there anything that you've been working on lately or have coming up that you want to sort of talk about? Um, I guess I'm just continuing to do my readings over Zoom um, and the phone, um, and um, I hope to get back to, um, we don't know when, but I, I used to do readings at um, dog agility events, so I hope to get back to that kind of thing. But yeah, my focus now is on the T-Touch, actually, so uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> and uh, for people wondering how they get in contact with you um, for readings or for any pet therapy, what's your website and information? So the website is petstereo.com. So all one word, petstereo.com. And uh, my email is the same, petstereo at gmail.com. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking your time out to talk about sort of what you do and your history and some of your experiences that you had. I think it's been really insightful here today learning about um, how pet communication works and some of the experiences you've had. So thank you for sharing. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been great. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, that was Julie sharing some information on pet psychic, pet work, pet communication, and what she does. And it's been very insightful having her on here today on Haunting Live Podcast. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today, taking your time out from your weekend to join us here. For Haunting Live this week, we have reached episode number 22 of season 2 this week. And um, again, thank our guests for being here today. Hope you enjoyed that uh, talk we had today with her. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we do let you go here today, guys. Um, there's some huge renovation news coming here for Haunting Live podcast on our website. We're revamping our whole website and there will be a new format Hopefully starting within a couple of weeks, we'll be announcing that new format very shortly on how you can continue watching us here on Haunted Live. But there is going to be some changes coming shortly here for our format for the show. So 
Um, it's just going to be necessary changes with things changing in the world. Um, hopefully things like COVID coming to an end, um, stuff like that. So we're going to be switching the way Haunting Live is broadcasted to you guys. You're still going to get the same great content, just in a different way. So um, stay tuned for that. We're also going to be revamping our website. we got some great new graphics coming along. Um, we've been working behind the scenes in getting some new uh, looks coming for Haunting Live especially on our website so look for those coming up shortly uh, like i said we'll make an announcement later on once we are ready for that but there are some changes uh, mostly renovations for the website coming very shortly here for you guys so um otherwise ghost of the queen's tickets are still on sale for this year which is halloween weekend and uh we still have many spots available if you guys want to come out and check out the queen's inn and spend a two two day event with us here at Haunting Live. Um, it's at the Queen's Inn Hotel in Stratford, Ontario. And um, tickets are 140 for the two day weekend. Those are on sale on our website at hauntinglivepodcast.com under the events tab. And also you guys can check out our merch, which is available through our website as well. We sell things like we use here in the paranormal field for things like cleansing, smudging, crystals and healing and different things that we use in the paranormal field so go check out our merch and uh, we'd appreciate that as well and again thank you for following us on social media we appreciate that and um, don't forget also we put a post up this week next weekend right here on haunted live we have a double podcast show uh very um excited to have this one person coming on on saturday uh, we're going to be talking about the topic of Sasquatch for those interested in Bigfoot or the paranormal connection. Uh, he's going to be a very interesting person to talk to. Looking forward to having him on on Saturday, June the 5th at 4 o'clock. And then our regular show is also Sunday at 4 o'clock. So we have a busy weekend next weekend, but it's going to be a double podcast weekend for you guys here. Uh, two different guests. So uh, with that, guys, thank you so much for watching. Take care. Don't forget to like our work and also share our stuff. Liking is good, but sharing is great. So uh, please share as much as possible. We're trying to get things out there a bit more and uh, share everybody's work for everybody here. So thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget also, before we go, Chris does his angel readings on Wednesdays at 8.30. You can get free readings. And also on uh, Saturdays around 3 o'clock. So check those out on our website here on Facebook as well as YouTube. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Hope you enjoyed our guest and look forward to our double podcast weekend coming up here next week on, on June 5th and June the 6th. So with that guys, take care and stay safe. Yeah.